Howdy y'all and welcome to Liberty Libations number 59. 59 freaking episodes, y'all. Welcome to the show, Mr. Shane Hazel. Thanks for joining us tonight, man. Oh, it's like home away from home, Jake. I really appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to be with you guys. Heck yeah. Joined as always, we've got Alden, Zach, and Zane. Um, what is everybody drinking tonight? I know it's Alden's last day of dry January. So. Yeah, I just got kombucha, which might be like one tenth of a percent alcohol or something like that. So it doesn't cheater, count. Cheater, <laughs> cheater, cheater. <laughs> Zach, what are you drinking? I just have a white claw, same okay. as always. An invisible claw. <laughs> invisible claw. Yeah, Zane, do you have something long named tonight? I do. I've got a Yingling's Hershey's chocolate porter. <laughs> I didn't even heard of that. That doesn't even sound bad. That, that might be the best drink you've you've come up with so far. <laughs> I don't mind Yingling's I've, like the black and tan, so that might be all right. I picked it up at Total Wine as usual. <laughs> That's your favorite place. Just make your own six packs out of things you're not supposed to make six packs. Out of. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Put a twenty dollar beer in the mid six. Like. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> what the hell did I get? Some other guy must have replaced like <laughs> that's why then I go and find a bunch of five packs all around the store. There we go. Because yeah. Zane's picking through them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's me. Shane, are you drinking tonight? I am, man. Uh, you may remember this. Uh, I think you got it for me. Old Fourth Distillery. It's a there we go. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. nice, nice on a on a cold night up here in North Georgia. It, it's got a little uh, more kick in it, so you know, nice. going down. But yeah, all good. Is it? Uh, what was that whiskey? Chili up there? Yeah, bourbon. Bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Still I think they only there? started with vodka. I hadn't seen that they've expanded. So that's cool. Yeah. Most yeah, distilleries yeah. start with the clear spirits and then move to bourbon and such because it takes years in barrels to get off the ground yeah yeah exactly exactly uh, yeah the, the weather up here is always chillier jake i mean oh, it, in the summer it's beautiful but in the winter it's you know it's, it's kind of a hellscape sometimes when the wind is blowing yeah. 90 miles an hour across the ridges up here and oh man yeah sometimes it's brutal i got up to freaking 70 degrees down here today it's like 72 rainy and humid I got in my car and it was just nothing but fog. It was terrible. <laughs> I, this Georgia weather just frustrates me. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of impressed the... that we got as cold as we did recently. Yeah, I loved it. Hannah Walsh, I guess Hannah, Hannah, Hannah Green technically um, is back on the back in the comment section. Let's see, Buddy's bringing three cases of Rabbit Eye wine tomorrow to the convention, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Elizabeth says howdy. And also, why isn't everyone on Rumble? Agreed. Rumble now integrates with StreamYard, so you can now comment on Rumble, and uh, we can see it, and everybody else can see it. Um, Grumpy says it's always janky for him. but <laughs> Grumpy, what's up, man? <laughs> All right, let's yeah. talk about the convention real quick. Otherwise, Grumpy will throw a fit in the comment section. Is there a convention coming up? <laughs> I, think there, I think there is. Zach, can you confirm if there is one? Yeah, that's this weekend. <laughs> Featuring Shane Hazel. Featuring Shane Hazel. Let's, uh, let's, know. let's pull it up. There we go. All right. So, y'all, starting tomorrow, we've got Range Day with Spike from 10 to 2. Um, we've got, uh, what is it, a meet and greet tomorrow evening from 4 to 9. And then dinner with Spike from 5 to 7, which you got to get a ticket for. 
Um, yeah. I think it's so basically for that, everyone can show up tomorrow at the VFW and just hang out with Spike and hang out with the candidates and whoever else is coming in that day. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to have a private dinner in a different room with Spike for an hour or two, that's a ticketed thing. But other than that, just show up, have fun tomorrow. Love it. Love it. And then the next day is uh, a whole lineup of awesomeness. We've got uh, the folks from You Are the Power coming um, to talk about their organization. That's uh, Spike Cohen's organization that he founded. Um, but I think the whole crew is going to be there. We've got Mr. Shane Hazel speaking from 10 to 11. What, do you have an idea on what you're speaking about, Shane? I was just going to take a poll tonight and see what you guys wanted me to talk about. Now I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Bitcoin veterans, uh, the yes. brave mission and uh, in, in Bitcoin in general, kind of what's going on in the world. But uh, yeah, those were kind of the, the, the highlights of what I'm going to be talking about. Perfect. That's good. Cause I, I made a slide for you um, just to present you and uh, it's all about Bitcoin. So that's, that's good. <laughs> pretty good chance. <laughs> Um, we've got Elizabeth Gallimore, who is our communications director at LP Georgia. She's speaking. I'm guessing, Elizabeth, if you want to chime in here on the comments, I'm guessing it's going to be about Spy Cities and Banish Big Brother, but that's just a guess for me. Um, then Spike Cohen from one to two. Then we've got our big event, which is a presidential debate between all seven people who are running on the libertarian ticket, um, who are trying to get on the libertarian ticket. Uh Two and a half hours, 2.30 to 5. Um, it's going to be awesome. It's moderated by Brad Binkley and Clint Russell. Um, they're going to do, I, I believe Binkley wants to do it a little different than a normal debate. Perfect. Elizabeth said that is correct. Um, she's going to be talking about smart cities. Great. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited about the debate. I'm interested to yeah. see what Brad and Clint come up with. Um, and mind you, we're going to attempt... <laughs> to live stream every single thing that happens on Saturday. Um, if it if it is not able to be live streamed, we are going to record it and it'll be put up Sunday or Monday. Um, so um, I'm trying to get the presidential debate done. It's going to be difficult uh, considering there are going to be nine people with microphones. Um, that's that's going to be a struggle. And then right after the debate, we've got the spin room with Tower Gang pod. Um, just breaking down the debate and I'm sure making fun of literally everything that happens. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure we're going to get some really insightful analysis out of that. <laughs> I'm sure we will. And then from seven to eight 30, we've got a comedy show starring Adam Nutter and I believe one or two other comedians opening for him. Is that right, Zach? Yeah. Adam's bringing somebody and then John Eiler, uh, AKA sunglasses. Jesus will be showing up to host for us again. Friend yes. of the show. Friend of the show. <laughs> Heck yeah. And apparently it's his birthday this weekend. Oh, I don't nice. know which day, but um, Zen Libertarian wants Shane to mention shrooms. I think you can work that in. Oh, yeah. No problem. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, I don't know what this means from Grumpy Gnome. Tom Woods thought we screwed up a debate we haven't even done yet. What, yeah. what, what did Tom Woods say? It's just very podcaster Tom Woods. <laughs> yeah. So on this little podcast of his that no one listens to, um, <laughs> he was talking to Gene Epstein and used the Georgia debate as an example of what you shouldn't do and how it was boring. And it's what? like, it hasn't even happened yet, Tom. Come on. What the heck, man? Uh, 
Like, a previous one or an upcoming one? I feel like I'm being thrown under the bus already. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, so we yeah. should go in community note that guy. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll put it. We put out a correction. I'll see if I can pull it up. But I mean, he was thinking of some other state. There is another state out there who like was one of the first ones to do it this season and their video wasn't great and their sound wasn't great. And okay. I'm, we're not, we're we, not, we've all we're been there. Live streaming it. We're not going to live stream. Yeah. It. I'm just going to record <laughs> it he, and I'm going to edit yeah. it perfectly and it's going to go out. <laughs> Screw <laughs> that. I'm not live streaming the debate. The debate will not be live streamed. Everybody. Um, you'll be able to watch it probably Monday or Tuesday. There we go. <laughs> Decided. <laughs> In real time here, I love seeing that. <laughs> I just go, you know what? No. <laughs> Too much pressure, man. Too much yeah. pressure. There it is. So basically, that's Tom Woods and Gene Epstein talking about the Georgia debate being garbage. But it hasn't happened. So <laughs> you know, they, they are getting older, guys. I mean, we gotta, we got to give them a little slack here. You don't hear yeah. much about Gene Epstein anymore. Whatever happened, like, he's, he's not around as much anymore. Well, I mean, COVID shut down New York, man. And, yeah. you know, with, with what was going on up there, you know, having debates and everything else, that was that was completely shut down. So, Interesting, yeah, yeah. you know, trying to recover and get people back to New York. A lot of people don't want to go to New York anymore. I mean, some people never wanted to go there. Mm. Yeah, I'm one of them. Let's see. Um, Hannah has a comment that we should chat about. He, she says, I'm for freedom and all, but people who just drove by my house blasting music with bass deserve prison. Which candidate supports that? <laughs> you know, I, I've heard my brother complain about this before. They live uh, next to a bunch of, um, I guess, a bunch of townhomes and apartments where the Latino population will stay up until like two or three in the morning, blasting their music the entire time. Um, and they, it, it's, it's caused my brother to doubt libertarianism because it's so obnoxious <laughs> and terrible. <laughs> I mean, you can only listen, you can only listen to uh, Despacito so many times before you discard the non-aggression principle. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just a funny situation. I mean, it's not funny for them and their new baby, but, you know, it's funny for me to listen to him whine about it. <laughs> and, of course, it's the libertarian's fault. Yeah. yeah. Because that's that's such a libertarian society within an apartment complex. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, he did choose to live there, so that's kind of on him, I, I guess. Um. All right. Well, y'all, get your tickets to the friggin' convention. It's going to be a blast. I mean, we're going to have... Yeah, no. Hannah says it was a joke. I don't. Matt doesn't think it's a joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Is anybody looking forward to anything in particular um, during convention week weekend? Well, you neglected I mean, to mention what we're doing on Sunday. Which no, I, I, did, I didn't neglect anything. Part. I purposefully chose to not talk about the worst part of politics. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm stoked about Adam Nutter. That dude was hysterical last year. I'm also stoked about Sunglasses Jesus because he was a surprise um, and was awesome last time. So I'm really curious to see what Brad does too with hosting yes. the debates. Yeah, and what you do filming wise and just like get the quality no, up a notch from last year. Let's let's not even let's let's set the bar real low. <laughs> I think it is. Like, shooting? Are any of you guys going to the range and and, and busting caps or? What, what are you guys doing I'm going. I'm going to the range to film, film Spike, and then shooting. Film stuff. someone shoot a bazooka. 
Yeah. And uh, and and Osprey uh, Tactical is coming down to run the range, right? Uh, he was. He got called away on assignment, I think, or something. This is Saber Team Tactical. Yeah, is going to be there. Yeah, which I'm not familiar with them, but they seem cool from our dealings so far. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be a good day. Good day at the range. Good day hanging out with Spike. I mean, most of this daggum weekend is is all about spike cohen <laughs> which is great yeah. i love spike but i mean we have four events that include spike cohen get your money tomorrow's man. basically spike day <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah tomorrow's definitely spike day so um if you ever wanted to meet spike hang out with spike great dude come hang out with him it's gonna be awesome um all right let's get into the first story zach all right, y'all. Um, speaking of Spike Cohen, <laughs> without government, who would arrest your pastor for letting people sleep in his church during a snowstorm? So an Ohio pastor has been criminally charged for letting unhoused, which is a ridiculous term, people sleep in his church to avoid freezing cold temperatures. Um, and you can go to the next uh, next tab as well. But yeah, basically this guy, this pastor in Ohio opened up his church um, for people during the massive cold snap um, that happened these past couple weeks and uh, let a whole bunch of people sleep in there. And now he is, um, he's being charged um, 18 criminal charges. It's wild. Wow. I don't yeah. know if they were criminal, but I mean, it's still insane either way, but it said zoning charges. Yeah. So I don't know. Will they throw well, you in prison for that? I don't know. But... I don't know. I mean, one funny thing is know, USA Today, yeah, it does say criminal. Yeah. Um, USA Today throughout this entire article didn't mention one time that it was to so that they could avoid the cold. It just said mm -hmm. he let he let people sleep in his but who gives church. a shit, right? Like, <laughs> fuck these guys. This, <laughs> this isn't this is the First Amendment. This is the freedom of religion. And it, if his mm -hmm. practice is if he thinks, you know, whatever his denomination of Christianity is right, where he thinks this is the, the Christ like thing to do. I need to I need to give my brothers and sisters shelter from the freezing ass cold weather and 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 and, and do that. This is a freedom of religion. I hope he takes this all the way to the top. I mean, the idea that you're going to go after, you know, somebody who's acting in, in this day and age, you know, where where you have such weak, weak ass people in these mega churches and everything else that are out there that basically just want the fame and the glory and the giant audiences and the streaming and all that other bullshit to for this guy to actually take action and do something and serve his fellow man and they're getting thrown in jail under, you know, this, I hope he fights it. And man, I hope he, I hope he blows him out of the water. Yes. Yeah. And look, and look at how ridiculous the charges that he's being charged with are. It's that his church is lacking proper laundry facilities and has unsafe exits and has bad ventilation. I guess if you're outside in the freezing cold, uh, well, you'll be outside, so you don't have to worry about unsafe exits. And I guess the ventilation is pretty good. Never mind that you'll literally freeze to death. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah. can't wash your clothes or make a midnight snack. So. <laughs> you can use those, those open grills out in the park for, for the kitchen, I guess. There we go. Um, I don't, I'm not an expert on it. I just like breeze through an article on it. And the counter argument for this is like, oh, well, you know, there's a place like just next door that, you know, they could go sleep at like some kind of a shelter like nearby. And I'm like, one, if they were doing their job and if they were able to keep up with it, there wouldn't be 
the need for more people to be here. And two, if it's a zoning problem, if you're making the case that there's a place like next door or whatever, then what's the difference with this spot that's like apparently supposedly like really close? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, you would think that people who are in need of shelter, if they saw an open facility that was built for it, they would flock to it. But clearly, they didn't see an open facility that was that was built for it, and so they had to go to the church to yeah. uh, to take shelter there. It's, I mean, the whole thing's just idiocy. Um, the pastor was saying that it was the police officers who would bring people there, and the local hospitals were calling them and bringing people by. Wow. So, so it's not like <laughs> what? That's crazy. Yeah. The cops. I mean, is it is could this be considered entrapment? <laughs> they bring, Cops bring you someone. Yeah. You say you'll put them up for the cold snap. Cops come back and say, we have a fine for you. Yeah. Is essentially that how unsafe it's... exit, though. Well, and I, I couldn't figure out how to use that contraption. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his his signage needs a little work. It looks a little rapey. But, you know, outside of that, <laughs> um, you know, his the, the question is, is what political head in this town said, hey, police chief, I know what they're doing over here. Go arrest that guy. Or did were you... there complaints or is I'm, it just that? Like, it's a great question. I mean, yeah. let's see. In this article, it says uh, he started keeping it open 24 seven because the local homeless shelter was often full. But because the church is owned as a central business, it's not allowed to have people eating, washing clothes, or sleeping on the property. Wait, you're not allowed to have washing clothes, but you also are getting fined for not having a good washing system? Like, <laughs> what? This is making less and less sense. The Hannah makes the best this. point. Dad's place is definitely a weird church name. <laughs> I, I yeah. agree. When I first read it, I was like, wait, wait. Dad's place? all ca like capitalized like that's the name of the church i didn't even get it at first it's so I, weird i don't care for the name i don't think it uh should be the name of a church but lo and behold it is um so we got is that a play on it. like <laughs> the father like are we getting like a little about not, calling man. god dad or is this like no, he's is. a dad or like oh. that's yeah, what it that's is exactly like, what they mean yeah uh, serves him right. Fuck this Me guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not the best branding. I mean, I really, I really hate the name, but um, he definitely should not be going to jail for letting people sleep on the floor of his friggin' church. That's ridiculous. I mean, if he's going to go to jail, it should be for the name, at least yeah. <laughs> he deserves. You need to be yes. honest about it. They, they get they're a lot more traction. <laughs> yeah. So, so this it, one got it, a lot it, of. Go it ahead. It could then. just be the city officials being idiots, but I think there might be um, a deeper. <laughs> <laughs> heavenly dad who art in heaven <laughs> that's a good one sorry zane keep going there might be a bit of a deeper level to this which is that there is a statist impulse to really hate it when private organizations are doing effective charity mm. because the idea is well the state should just be doing everything and if the private if somebody is privately doing something then it's just the failure of the state to do it. And we that just proves that we need to give even more money to welfare and public homeless shelters. It, it's the same people that get mad at Domino's for filling in the potholes when the government doesn't fill in the potholes. It's the government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're 100% correct. And, it, you know, it doesn't always just apply to philanthropy stuff. Like, 
I interviewed a lady named Elena Gauss on Monday for the Free Georgia podcast. Her story is ridiculous. She lives in Savannah. She saw she found out through searching through municipal budgets that they were not recycling the glass that they said they were recycling. They were just throwing it in the dump. And so she rather than like calling them out or like making them look stupid, she said, OK, I'm just going to start a business and start offering this to people and let people know your glass doesn't actually get recycled. She got mm. she started getting business. She figured out how to do it. She came up, came up with a whole like loop system so that it doesn't uh, there's no waste involved and then pitched it to the city of Savannah once once it was underway. And she uh, they said, yeah, we'll think about it. They basically took her idea and outsourced it to a company in a different state and uh, and are now sanctioning her company with a whole bunch of charges that are complete BS. So like, wow. Yeah. You make the government look bad. They're going to come back and screw you. Yeah. It's <laughs> basically what it is. It's not hard this to do. Another article too says that he did it because the local homeless shelter was often full. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Like even if you want to use the argument that like, well, there's facilities for this. He doesn't need to do it himself. It's like, well, their facility was at peak. Like you couldn't take that it. That was anymore, my point. So we is... picked up the slack. Yeah. yeah. That was like the case. The, uh, some article that I read was making and it's, it contradicts itself in saying there's this other one. If you're also saying it's full though, and that's why the people had to go there. It doesn't make any sense. Yep. Elizabeth yeah. made a great point. She <sighs> said, we got criticized for cleaning up the park because they hire people for that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's insane. Um, Hannah says, saw a tweet recently that San Francisco homelessness budget 1.1 billion per year. $140,000 per year per homeless person doing just great. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, that, I mean, gosh, that's so wild. Fortunately, we're not California, so we don't have to ever focus on that. Um, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was a ridiculous story. And also, where does this come from? Why do people keep saying that Ohio doesn't exist? Nick says it all the time, and I don't get it. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Somebody explain this to me. You like birds. What? Like the birds, birds aren't real birds, or whatever. Birds aren't real. Oh, oh. Where does anybody know where this came from? CIA I mean, just made it, up it comes where all it comes from where all internet memes come from. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, Anna also sucks. says Ohio sucks. So. Fuck yeah. Fuck Ohio. I mean, I've been. It's and I don't want to go back, so okay. If that says anything. I guess majority rules, Ohio sucks. Got it. I had a pretty good chili dog if that you know, counts for much. I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> In the grand scheme of things, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chili dogs. Pretty uh, good. Oh, man. Um, all right, y'all. We're going to uh, get into... We're going to watch a depressing video. So apologies. Oh, because, yeah, the, this other story was so just humorous and, and fulfilling. Well, if, if, you, if you compare the two... Um, this this next one uh no i believe you i believe you yeah pressing stuff but it's something that uh, i think people need to see um yeah let's play it um Zach. are we watching all nine minutes no we'll watch the first like four minutes or so all right um, i'll just i watched it earlier <laughs> so i'm gonna make y'all watch it um yeah in Gaza is over and that still seems a long way off assessments will be made and i'll turn it up a little bit Zach. 
into how it was conducted by both sides, Hamas and Israel, whether the rules of war were followed. Tonight, News at 10 has evidence of a group of unarmed Palestinians carrying a white flag coming under fire in an area Israeli troops are now trying to capture, having previously declared it a place of safety. One of the group was hit and fatally wounded as our cameraman filmed. Israel Defence Force has dismissed our evidence. The IDF is not aware of this incident, they told us. But our filming has, however, already raised questions about a possible war crime. What we are about to show is, by its very nature, distressing. This is the edge of the supposedly safe area called Al-Mawasi that the Israelis have been encouraging Gazan civilians to flee to. These makeshift homes have been vacated because the war is getting closer. The billowing smoke was evidence of the new Israeli offensive in Khan Yunus that has been forcing more families to evacuate and seek safety elsewhere. No place safety in Gaza. Everywhere you are going, you will find the Israeli uh, army. They are shoot us at home, any building, in the street, everywhere you are, they will give you a chance sometimes, just for five minutes, sometimes do not give you any chance to take your clothes, to take your children, to take your family and to get out of the building. This is our life in Gaza. It's very difficult. These pictures were filmed by a cameraman working for ITV News in Gaza. As he moved forwards towards the combat zone, he noticed this group of men doing their utmost to appear non-threatening, trying to proceed with care. They wanted to reach two other family members and get them out of harm's way. The interview complete, our cameraman walked away. And then this happened. The interviewee had been shot and fatally wounded. You can see them place their flag on his chest. As he was carried away, the white flag was turning red. Carry him. They've killed him, yells this youth. Then suddenly, more gunfire. All right, Zach. Um, yeah, so generally I don't like to show things like that, but um, I think that far too many people are so far removed from what's happening over there that they don't understand what they're talking about at all. No, I think that's fair. I think that people have a lot of things to say have a lot of comments to make and have a lot of opinions on things that they have no idea what the crap they're actually talking about. And what you just saw was an innocent guy murdered. 
Just innocent guy murdered in the street trying to go get his mother and his brother. Um, and no one's going to like answer for this. No one's nothing's going to happen because of this. Like if there's no war crime that's going to be like prosecuted in a court of law. Um, a guy just died, you know, guy. And, and I don't think barely anybody, I mean, here in the States, if you have an opinion on these things, you should know what you're, you should do research and know exactly what you're talking about before you state a opinion on these things, because um, there's so many people who just defend Israel no matter what. And that kind of crap drives me nuts. And it's just a horrendous way to go about life, just to defend something de facto, no matter what. Um, yeah, I don't know. What are y'all's What are y'all's thoughts? It's kind of the same thing we do. I say we, you know, the collective mm. we with a lot of things, but this is where it's just heaviest. And I think it, it's these types of moments that I hope will teach people, you know, that they have been kind of doing the more the de facto defense or like an identity based defense or a politics based kind of defense of something or, um, but war is never just that simple. It's never black and white and it's, it's never pretty. And I don't know, I would hope that more people, if they actually do, look into it and see more things or at least able to kind of come away with some sense of nuance or gray out of it at least. But yeah. Yeah. There's um, really no appetite for Americans to reckon with what Israel is actually doing. Cause you talk to anybody about it and they're like, well, all the Palestinians are terrorists that want to kill all the Jews. So obviously they're all evil. And if we have to, you know, anything that Israel does in response to that is justified just by the construction of their premises. And it would, it's very hard to kind of shock them out of that way of thinking. And we're definitely not helped by the fact that the only people besides libertarians that are really speaking up on behalf of Palestine are, you know, radical lefties who are not really doing their cause any favors when they have some pretty ridiculous protests and then people see that and they're like well we don't like this therefore we support israel doing whatever they feel like hmm. yeah. yeah yeah you know I, I i guess as as a guy who's been on front lines in some really terrible battles like fallujah and seeing warfare up close and personal in urban areas over over months you know and, and, and being you know those guys first and foremost what what is going on in in Israel and Gaza and the rest of this you know area? This is a straight up genocide, and I don't think you know I, I don't say this lightly. Um, it's one of those things where I think you know this is something that gets glossed over. Uh, is the American government complicit in this? One hundred percent, absolutely. Um, things like this, first and foremost, get carried out because we have a bad incentive structure that's created by fiat. If you can, if it, a fiat system depends on war, it's, it's, it's no, you know, uh, no small statement to say that the 19th, you know, 19th or 20th, 20th century was the most 
war torn the world may have ever been at such a large scale. And it's because of a fiat system that begins. Secondly, when you look at real warfare, right? Like the, like they're go like Israel is going for broke. Netanyahu has said like, there is a one state solution, one state solution only. Uh, and, and that means, you know, from the river to the sea, like a lot of the Palestinians will say, right. Or I should say at least Hamas will say. And so, there's no good guys in the higher echelon. I think that's the first thing that people need to understand is the Israelis have great people. The Palestinians have great people. The governments are both loaded with people who are in positions because fiat allows and encourages these reprobates that couldn't hack it in most life who live off of the system and other people's death and destruction and their 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 hard-earned money this is this is what these people live off of in the first place and so it's it, it's never ever ever enough so are these both of these organizations at each other's necks because of fiat absolutely are both of their charters ridiculous because they want to destroy each other absolutely has Israel been instrumental in 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 funding Hamas absolutely like that you can you can go through a lot of the uh the appointed uh ministers out of Israel and say we should maybe we shouldn't have done this maybe we shouldn't have funded Hamas and so you know to, to that I guess that's one of my first points the second is in, in the way the warfare is being conducted I will tell you first and foremost like the way we conducted full-scale war on places like Najaf Fallujah uh, to crit the rest of these places, a lot of what happened was we had psychological operations teams go out there with these uh, amazingly large sound systems, and people uh, in in you know the, the local dialect would get on those sound systems and say, "Look, you got about this amount of time to clear out of the city, and then the Marines are coming through." And mm. you know it, it wasn't like a you know twenty four hour period; it was usually over weeks. Pamphlets were being dropped; everything was being done to to limit the amount of what they'll call collateral damage, innocent life, kids, women, men who wanted nothing but to live their lives in peace, getting absolutely destroyed, their pets, their family, and, and all of those things. So when, when you see this all out warfare, this indiscriminate, and it, it is, I mean, when you see what's going on, the mortar, the artillery, the airstrikes that are literally leveling blocks of buildings, I mean, this is no small effort. This is these are giant munitions, sometimes multiple munitions like a GBU is, you know, somewhere between 250, 500 or 2000 pounds. And to have more of these land in a single place, you know, indiscriminately, that those those are the lives. That's what you're seeing. You see it every day. You see ch child after child after child. You see, you know, women and, and men who want nothing to do with any of this kind of stuff that are being killed indiscriminately. And I think that's probably one of the biggest differences that I see with this conflict is even when we were in the throes of battle, and a lot of times we didn't agree with it because we thought if we were going to be at war, we need to have all-out warfare. We need to go in here, set the precedent, win, be done, and, and destroy the enemy. But that wasn't what we were allowed to do anyway. Right? We, had, we had very, very strict rules of engagement. So when you see things like this where these families are being destroyed and there are no rules of engagement you got a guy with a white fucking flag that is you know standing there like this yeah and you've got you know a once you know i wouldn't say totally peaceful but these people were coexisting they weren't tearing down their buildings they weren't bombing each other 
the aftermath of these things, this takes literally generations to go back and and rebuild. The the other piece of this is you think you're gonna you're gonna correct whatever the problem is by going in and going scorched earth like this. You're not because what they're not going to do is they're not going to kill every Palestinian. And what they're doing is creating more and more and more people who will absolutely hate Israel and hate the yeah. Jews and have this, you know, within them. Those that, that traumatic event for those kids that just pulled that one guy who got shot while holding a flag trying to get his mom and dad out of out of a building. Those guys are going to live with that for the rest of their lives. And they're going to have that chip on their shoulder because, I mean, you, you start to see indiscriminate killing of innocence boy that looks pretty evil to you and what do you think about evil we should probably eradicate it from the earth so what they're doing is creating more and more quote-unquote terrorists by just doing this so but is that by design well in a sense or is it just an accident you know I, of i honestly think israel is going for broke right now and i and i really i i mean this because i think the world sees that there is a failing u.s dollar that they've they've depended on the entire time and this is really the crux of the issue if you have a fiat currency that props up these fake ass systems, subsidizes fake systems with people that don't have skin in the game, at the end of the day, these, these people know that when this fails, they're on their own. If I was an Israeli, I'd be looking for a way out of Israel right now because sooner than later, the U.S. dollar is going to fail. We're not going to be able to prop up Israel. And then you're going to have a united front of Arabs that have just seen a genocide in Palestine. And those guys are going to come back for revenge. Mark my words. Like This is just the very beginning of what's going to happen in terms of war in the Middle East for the next maybe three or four years before I imagine Israel gets wiped off the map. And, you know, and so you, you got to ask yourself, what is all this for? What are we, what are we actually doing here? They're, they're trying to take ground now so that they can fight later. Mm. Man. Well, yeah, couldn't have, couldn't have said that better. Sorry. <laughs> I know that, that's probably been bottled up for a while. <laughs> no, that's great. No, it's, it is helpful to get someone's like thoughts. Who's been on the ground in these kinds of situations. Um, Cause I, I haven't, I know Alden hasn't. Zane. No, no. Zane probably hasn't, although he did go no. to Georgia, so he probably has come close. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just it, it it was just a very powerful powerful thing that hit me when I watched that video. Um, I saw I, the symbol of the <clears throat> the white flag turning red is one of the just the darker and more just succinct symbols of war I've seen in a while, but. Yeah. of this particular war and of the darker side of war, but it was upsetting. I think last week we had talked about the Houthi stuff going on and, mm -hmm. you know, it was kind of fresh for all of us and yeah, to just understand wh what was going on exactly or like why they were, this was happening. Like we kind of all saw it as the continuation of the, Yemeni genocide that was already going on basically but it seems like they're standing up kind of in solidarity almost with uh gaza and that's the reason why they're doing it and i think we're seeing more of that now we're going to see you know palestinians in jordan and in the west bank and they're not just going to watch as this happens so yeah, yeah uh, this could I spiral out of control pretty easily I think I saw that they had the the Houthis had put out some kind of statement that you know they were just fighting against 
a genocide that was going on and in their eyes they were the ones who were complying with international law so i mm. Not that anybody who's in power actually cares what international law has to say about anything. <laughs> right. They just use yeah. it as a shield to make people do what they want. But well, and you guys saw the uh, the, the Biden. Uh, I wouldn't even call it a gaffe. It was just a. It was just like there's there, there's no. They're not hiding anything anymore. Where he's standing out. I think he's about to uh, get onto the uh, uh, Air Force One, the, the helicopter, and they're like, "Hey, you know, basically, you know, the just was." You know, you're you're bombing the the Houthis again, and you know, is it having any effect? And he says, "No, but we're going to keep doing it." And you, you just you, like the thing is, is like this guy, I, I he he is sometimes so hard to to read, right? Like most of the time, he's so incompetent, he's out to lunch. But he, for a matter of fact, well, he is escorting, you know, getting escorted out to this helicopter. And he is asked a very direct question about what's going on in Yemen. And he gives a matter of fact answer like, no, they're not like the, you see masses of Houthis all standing in solidarity, like Zane was saying, and they, they, they don't give a shit right now. Like these guys have been through hell for the past like six years now and, and maybe longer, I guess. But you know, the fact that they are they are uniting behind this push for, you know, the, 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 the Palestinians. And we're bombing the shit out of them like we we did with the Taliban, we did with the, the you know the Mahdi militia, we did with the Zarqawi's troops, we did this all over the Middle East. And what did it do? Fucking absolutely zero, like nothing. You know, do we did we destroy ISIS? No, we didn't destroy ISIS. Did we? Did or we, less than zero if it yeah. helps actually create ISIS. It starts galvanizing, right? Like to a yeah. Once once these guys just get to that zero hope line. And that's the thing that I don't think people really understand is once you give people zero hope, zero understanding, nothing to lose, then there's nothing to lose. You know, the, the, the most glorious thing for some of these young men is to go and give everything against the great Satan. Like, fuck, are you kidding me? And then yeah. Joe Biden's going to be like, no, nah, fuck it. We're just going to keep bobbing, even though know, it doesn't work. Like, but that's why I asked. They don't know anything else. They, is they, it they, they by design? Nothing. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and Alden, you're talking about, you know, we created ISIS. Very few people know what really happened with that, but in, in case people are listening that aren't familiar with what happened, you know, when we were trying to prop up the regime in Iraq that we installed mm -hmm. after the Iraq war, there were a bunch of, you know, kind of gangs and... Low-level, like, no That were trying to... Yeah overthrow that because they weren't happy that the u.s were there so in iraq we were fighting against them but then as soon as those groups crossed into syria and started fighting bashar al-assad then all of a sudden we were allied with them and we were calling them moderate rebels hillary clinton mm -hmm. literally run around and were calling all these groups moderate rebels which had they been physically located in iraq and not syria we would be calling extremist terrorists and would be shooting at and that group after we had already given them tons of weapons in the hopes that they would overthrow Assad turns out that they didn't want to overthrow Assad they just wanted to take over part of Syria and Iraq that that he wasn't in and then declare the Islamic State so we literally did exactly what you described yeah it's not just a turn of phrase no I mean I yeah 
I know the the process and this is like just one section of history where I've watched it happen in my lifetime, but I feel like it's been happening for a while. And what Shane was talking about with like, when you start, when you don't do, it's almost like if you wash your hands for only five seconds, you only kill some of the germs and then you make like a super germ. Like when you just <laughs> harm, you know, a culture and then give them a reason to hate, then you're perpetuating this for just generations and generations. And I, I, I feel agree, like Alden, we know we this. Obliterate them. Let's just wipe them all. No. Oh my God. Swoop. Like. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's sound bias. <laughs> so it, it's classic insurgent mass, right? If you have ten terrorists and you kill five of them, how many are you left with? Twenty. But <laughs> right. and I, I, I wish be, more people understood this because I was having a conversation with a coworker about this very topic a couple days ago, and I gave him that little insurgent mass example, and he told me that he thought that all those terrorists already exist because it's so deeply ingrained in oh. our culture that just the vast majority of Muslims in the Middle East just hate the Jews, hate America. And no matter what you do, that's going to be their one and only goal, which is mm -hmm. very unfortunate. It, it's wild that that's the idea, you know, and I, I will tell you, you know, like I, once upon a time I was that guy and, and I, and I like, I, it took me sitting down, I was on uh, an ODA compound. So green beret compound. Uh, we were, we were one of the first groups of Marines that were being cross-trained for SOCOM. And when, when we sat down, it was one night we had gone out, we'd done a mission or whatever, and we came in late, got everything cleaned up. And I wandered into the kitchen and our, our cook, we had a, you know, we had a native Shiite cook that was in the kitchen and sat down and I, you know, was trying to get something to eat. And he's like, what can I make for you, man? And I was like, dude, I'm not going to be picky with you. You're here in the middle of the night, you know, ready to make something, whatever you got. And so he sits down with me, there's some hummus and some flatbread. And, you know, first of all, it was delicious. And secondly, I had never sat down with an Iraqi at a table and, and broke bread with him. And so mm -hmm. we, we broke bread. And, and that's where that light bulb went off for me. Like, these are actually just normal people, right? Like, mm -hmm. they don't necessarily hate all Americans. It's like, you know, it, it's kind of like the spat, you know, I say, it's, it's some of the spats that we have in this, in this party, right? You know, where, oh, everybody acts like they fucking hate everybody and everybody's an asshole. And then we get together in person and, oh, well, you know, like kumbaya, right? <laughs> Um, and I'm not, it's not always, but for this, you know, that, that was the thing. And I, you had to put yourself in, in a different place. You had to put the, yourself in their shoes. And I will say, like, I'll be the first one to say, like, if somebody came in, I don't care if it's the U S government or a foreign government or whoever the hell it was, a, a, a rival, you know, family. And they came in and they fucked up my family. Like they killed part of my, you know, part of my family, my kids, my wife, whatever it is. Do you realize what you've just done? You have no idea the retribution and the chaos and the killing that is about to commence because I'm going to take my skill set and I'm going to absolutely wreak havoc on you and your organizations and those things and blind rage because I have nothing left to lose. And that's that's this that's the scenario. Am, am I going to be right? No, I'm not going to be right because now I'm going to do it to their family. And now that kid or that dad or that, you know, whoever, and this is the cycle. It just keeps it's, going on you, and yeah. on. You'd think on. people would have learned this from John Wick. I was going to bring up John, but you beat me to it. <laughs> Wife John died, effect, dog yeah. dies. He has nothing to lose and he just destroys everyone. <laughs> Don't kill that dog, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's such a good lesson in that. And yes, you're absolutely right. Like, it's not going to end until 
people start um, really embracing the idea of peace and learn how to forgive. Um, I, I, I think there's that's definitely an aspect of massive it. lack of forgiveness in the world. Um, and I and think separation. Many, many people preach against forgiveness um, a lot. Yeah. Surprise me. And right. what were you about to say there? A separation? Yeah. The concept of like people and their governments. The ah. concept of like, I am not like every, you know, citizen of a nation is not because I, I don't, you know, support everything that Biden says, you know what I mean? And so like, I don't want people to assume that about me just because I, mean, I live here. They literally take your money through force and coercion to go do these things. And, yeah, and, and right. they say uh, we're a democratic republic and all this other bullshit where, you know, we, we were elected and sent here by the Americans to do their will. And this is their will. Like, right. Fuck yeah. That. And I, I'm going to make a point for Bitcoin here, right? If if your if your audience isn't sick about hearing about you know Bitcoin and fiat and all that stuff, yeah, it's going to be after this. Listen, <laughs> Bitcoin is the decentralized revolution. It is no kidding. It has to. Bitcoin is anti centralization, and it is also anti corruption in large centralization. And I'm not just talking about government. I'm talking about these ridiculous companies that get built out there and the MIC and the rest of the, the organizations that are able to pull off atrocities under the name of freedom or liberty or whatever the fuck they want to call it. And it's like the, the idea that Bitcoin is a, it's a forceful decentralization agent and it's a peaceful weapon where you don't get to do this kind of stuff where if you wanted to go and, and, you know, go to war, you'd have to, absolutely make the case for it and have people willfully give you that money this kind of stuff doesn't happen on a bitcoin standard and so if you're if you know libertarians bitch about all the time like we don't have ballot access which rightly so um and we bitch about all these other things but the most important vote you can make the thing that's going to make the difference in the world right now is what you're doing with your money are you still in the fiat system are you in something that's leveraged are you in some kind of derivative that's fiat or have you moved 100% of your assets out of their fucked up system that uses it to go and kill kids and kill families that just want to live their life and, and, and taking that on as your own responsibility or are you still playing in their system? That's, that's the biggest vote you can make is where are you keeping your money? How are you storing your economic energy that you've been put into the system? That's, that is the bottom line. And it's the biggest thing we can do as libertarians is, is move our money out of their fiat system. Yes. Yes. And buddy, yes, it can. Just get a cold wallet that can fit in your actual wallet. And then, yeah, it can. Totally. You can. Yeah, Jinko's got all the room for the fucking Bitcoin yeah. you, you can possibly store in there. You'd be fine. Yeah. You can carry every cold wallet in Jinko's. Like. That's right. Heck yeah. Oh, this yeah and Alden, Alden, you were talking about, you know, the importance of distinguishing people from the actions of their government. And obviously, I think that's really important for any society, but it's especially important when we're thinking about Palestine and Palestinians, because yeah. a, a common excuse that people will give for indiscriminately attacking Palestinians is, well, oh, well, they elected Hamas. <laughs> well, first of all, the last time that they had an election was like in 2006, and over half of the population of Palestine is under 18. So you cannot <laughs> seriously contend that the current population of Palestine actually wants wanted these people in power in that election almost 20 years ago another thing is the only reason that hamas was even so popular to begin with is because as shane said earlier 
Israel keeps sending them money. And they honestly keep sending them U.S. dollars. Like, I know you said that, you know, the Palestinian regime was backed by fiat, which sounded a little <clears throat> bit ridiculous until you realize it's literally true because the U.S. sends aid to Israel and then Israel sends aid to Hamas with the idea being if they have Hamas in power, then they it, got will a boogeyman. To, it will look to the world like, well, we can't negotiate with Palestine because look who's in charge of there. Like Netanyahu has gone on record and said, you know, if you're in favor of, you know, a one state solution, if, if you're in favor of, you know, Israel kind of taking over Palestine, you have to be in favor of the building up of Hamas. Because if anyone more reasonable than Hamas was in charge of Palestine, then the rest of the world community might be like, well, you should really negotiate with them. They have some good points. What if it's Hamas and they're attacking you on hang gliders Then the rest of the world will give you a blank check to do whatever the hell you want? And they know that, which is why they want them in power. Does it seem like that plan has worked? Because, I mean, Hamas was installed or funded or encouraged or whatever and then did do something insane and then it's like that was the trigger needed the excuse needed to go in and just like wipe out gaza speaking so, of like the excuse like, i don't needed. like their plan but it seems like it worked <clears throat> no it, yeah, works. it works i mean great. yeah to their you know effects but i feel like the u.s is really good at like keeping these little fires burning around the world and keeping these excuses and like and even like in more modern times, like naming not just like, oh, it's like, you know, communism or it's this nation. Or it's like now it's just terror, just the war on terror. And it's just so vague and it can be anything. It global can be anywhere. War on it's terror. Like, yeah. Well, the I global mean, war on terror. Look at what Vivek was talking about during his run for election, right? Like one of one of the one of the better Republicans running was talking about going down to Mexico and other places in Central and South America and wiping wiping out the drug cartels. The only reason the drug cartels exist is because of the CIA and the FBI yeah. and the ATF here in America. We are literally taking all that fiat and we're saying the war on here. drugs. Yeah, the war on here. drugs, right? Yeah, and so another vague got, war. Now we've got fentanyl crossing the border and it's yeah. killing tens of thousands of people. And you know, all of a sudden it's their fault. Like Get the fuck out of here. Are you? No, it's, it's again, start with the source. Don't treat the symptom, treat the cause. Yeah. It's us. It's our intelligence agencies and it's our, sometimes even our military guarding poppy fields somewhere or whatever. I don't know if Shane has. Bur yeah. Burn that one. Not this one. <laughs> thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't burn these poppies. These are, that's our cash crop. Yeah. God. Uh, yeah, man. It's, uh, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's beautiful that people see this now. And, and I really mean, like, I'm not saying everybody sees it. Trust me. I know a lot of the magnation does not see this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. However, some of them are waking up. And what's really amazing is a lot of them hate the Warhawks. If you look at what's going on in the, in the Republican Party right now, especially with like Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley's a war. Yeah. Like, she is an absolute war pig. And the, you know, you got, a lot of Democrats and, you know, quote, quote, independents coming out for her in New Hampshire. The, the fact that she is getting shut down left and right, outspending Donald freaking Trump, who's a billionaire in this election, that is a great sign for America. That is a great sign for, for MAGA or MAGA or whatever the hell they're calling themselves. Like the, the fact that the MAGA nation doesn't want anything to do with war 
and they are all about trying to facilitate peace. And the fact that Vivek even came out and told Donald Trump, hey, you need to be on this CBDC issue. Like, though, I mean, he was a dollar guy. He was a fiat guy. He's a Fed guy. And for him to say, I will not do this, well, that that throws a wrench in it. I'm not saying that, you know, he's good on his word or any of that kind of <laughs> stuff. Like the guy right. obviously failed his ass off in his last term. Um, but, um, you know, at least the sentiment's there. At least yeah, people fair. Are, are, are sitting there going, yeah, you know what? That's 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 wrong. This is something that we need to get behind. We need to be behind peace and, and building, you know, th this nation back up, protecting this nation, getting out of the rest of the world. Yeah, that, that's got to be the stance from from here going forward. And I got to say, hats off to libertarians for shifting that Overton window because it wasn't it wasn't the Republicans that shifted it. That was that was the libertarians that said, "Fuck you, we're not voting for you. You're not getting our vote. You guys can kiss ass and and fail to the Democrats, and we'll just highlight it even more." So good job, libertarians. Heck yeah! I mean, yeah, right the, mere, the mere fact that the word libertarian is coming out of Klaus Schwab's mouth means yeah. we're doing something right. You know? <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> yeah, we talked about that last week. Libertarians. Yeah. I wanted to touch on what Elizabeth threw up and said there um, about like the focus being on like domestic terrorists now. And that's like another really true thing. The focus is shifting. And even back like, you know, years ago, like um, in the wake of, you know, 2001, 9-11, all of that, we made the like CMU prisons. There's like two of them now. And you have such limited it's for it's for prisoners of particular like social and political you know pull or whatever and they basically throw you in a dark hole to like never you can't get like visitors if they don't want you to get visitors i mean it's a complete you know just absolute strip of rights or whatever and i think it was another domino in setting up that kind of a focus for more like the terrorism here and things that they don't want you to say or think here and I even, even from civilians that I would talk to, I say civilians, just, you know, common people, I got a lot of that flack. Like when I would say I had questions about 9-11, they'd be like, basically the attitude was like, you're a terrorist, you're not patriotic, we're going to kill someone, I, you know. Yeah, we call and those so, people normies and we're the dum-dums. Uh, oh, right, yeah. yeah. And it takes them about five minutes to go from doing that to terrorists to doing that to journalists like Julian Assange. yeah. yeah. I mean, and yeah. not, not, not to mention, like, they have to create the scenarios to keep furthering what they want to do. So, like, in that Gretchen Whitmer plot, the there were, like, yeah. nine out of the 11 were FBI informants or agents. And, like, they've they've entrapped multiple people since 9-11 um, in, in terrorism by basically giving them a bomb and convincing them to go blow something up. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and then bragging and about way, it when no nothing blows up. There we go. Yeah. The way that they convince people to become terrorists in all these entrapment plots is not by making a religious appeal that they need to kill the infidels. It's by pointing out to them all of the war crimes that America has committed abroad and telling them that yep. they should be really upset about it. So <laughs> if you don't, regardless of what you think that the very top Hamas or Al-Qaeda thinks, this is clearly how they're recruiting people because how the CIA is recruiting people when they want to create new terrorists. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, I just put something in the private chat there for you. Um, and we were talking about this earlier tonight. This is um, Elizabeth Warren. I don't know if you guys saw this, but you know, in, in terms of instituting a CBDC, one of the things she's been attacking a lot lately is Bitcoin. 
And the reason behind it is because this group of guys got together, put together a petition from intelligence, you got guys who were intelligent. So, you know, if you had a secret clearance, you worked in intelligence front side, uh, the analyst side, whatever it was that said, hey, listen, Bitcoin's not a threat, you idiots, right? Like Bitcoin's the answer. The fact that you got you're, you're in cahoots with Jamie Dimon, who is fucking, you know, uh, uh, Epstein's banker. This these are the guys. And what they did once once we issued this letter to these guys, she came out and basically said the the intelligence community is now a revolving door for crypto and terrorists and now is trying to label people who are bitcoiners and into crypto uh as the terrorists. Meanwhile, oh my buddy Jamie Dimon who's paid yep. I think it's over 400 million dollars in fines over just you know the past few years for funding and being the banker of Jeffrey Epstein mm -hmm. for for drug trafficking for all these things that they want to supposedly stop like she's buddy buddy with those guys but now she's going to sit there and say these guys over here these guys are the real terrorists when you know the cbo and the rest of these organizations have come out and be like hey man uh in, in fact crypto in general not just not just bitcoin but crypto in general is is used for such a tiny infinitesimal amount that we we thought it was more than this it's actually it's significantly less. So mm -hmm. you, you start to really see exactly what's going on is these guys are losing power because the dollar is failing and fiat is failing around the world. Um, you know, where they're, who they're going after. It was a great tweet the other day. I think it was uh, JK Rowling who wrote uh, the, uh, uh, what was it? The Harry Potter series. And she yeah. said, I don't understand Bitcoin. Can somebody explain it to me? And somebody in a brilliant tweet said, Voldemort equals central banks. Harry <laughs> equals Bitcoin. That's uh, funny. <laughs> yeah, man. Like th this, this is this is really, I think, the, the biggest fight of the time right now, and what it all comes down to. Yeah. Hey, question for Shane: What's the link that you added there? Like, it looks like there's a letter. Um, yeah. So in there, you can go in uh, if if you are a veteran or you served in the intelligence community or any of those things, or if you just want to add fuel to the fire and you know tell these guys in the uh, the government to to go pound sand that this isn't happening, and also you can't have our Bitcoin. Um, you can go in, you can click on the link and sign this letter, read through it real quick and make sure you're on board. But uh, a lot of us have sent this in and said, no, this isn't a threat. Actually, this is this is a correction to the threat of all those things that you're talking about. So, um, yeah, she's not real happy with that. And, you know, obviously we're putting our name on the line against the the, 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 the chair of the House Financial Services, which, you know, this is this is where you put your money up. Right. You say, hey, listen, uh, I've got. I've got unconfiscatable money and I don't use your stupid ass bank accounts anyway, or your, your, your shitty IOU dollars. So I don't really give a stuff shit what you do to my bank accounts. I, I don't need it. I don't care. I'll find a way other ways. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a whole army of these guys that have uh, come out and said, now nah, we're, we're going to be fighting this 100% of the way, which are existing or former intelligence officers. Mm hmm. I just thought of that scene from Dumb and Dumber when they give the briefcase full of money back, but they spent it all and it's all paper IOUs. <laughs> Those are as good as money, sir. Those You're are. You're gonna IOUs. want to hold on to that one. That's a Lamborghini. Yeah, <laughs> two hundred seventy-five thou. <laughs> They're not wrong. That is as good as fiat. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, yeah, we talked a lot about Jamie Dimon last week and how yeah. he's just a terrible, 
terrible human he, comparing Bitcoin to a pet rock and all oh, that that's right. Yeah, garbage. Dude, you know what he's doing. He's just downplaying it so he can stack. So he can more scoop cheap. it up later. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's yeah. Exactly what he did. It's what he already did. We, yeah. yeah, he did it back when I think last year when Bitcoin took that tumble for a bit. He mm -hmm. he was part of the cause of it. It seems like. Didn't he say he straight face? He's no dummy. Yeah. He didn't allow anyone under him to like buy any or invest in any and because he wanted it to go low or something like that. And then he threw yeah, another anybody who anybody who dabbled in Bitcoin would be fired. Yeah. yeah when yeah, he yeah. dropped his company overseas, bought tens of millions of dollars of Bitcoin. And how much money do you think these people make when they keep getting these fines? And it's like eh, a few hundred million dollars in fines, or whatever. But they keep doing the thing. So they must be making a lot more than that. If yeah. they keep going into these enterprises, anyway. Yeah. Well, when you're when you when your buddies with the Fed, you can be like, "Hey, man, can you just print me up a couple extra billion? Yeah, yeah, right. Oh man, don't worry, we got that in a warehouse over here. No, we'll send it over tomorrow. Let's and yeah, let's do a little bond swapping again here. And freaking, I don't know. Um, I don't understand money. <laughs> what well, is money? Either do they? <laughs> yeah. Go go read Bitcoin Standard, Alden. You'll you'll understand money. You know what? I, you I read, truly... first, read, read the fiat standard. It's it's a much better primer for for everything. Learn what standard. not to do before you learn what to do. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Identify the problem first, then then come to the solution. Yeah. yeah. Everyone here on this show knows twenty eight times more about like anything financial than I do. But you know way more about dogmen than we do. So. I know more about 9-11 and Dogman. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Final topic of the night. I only I, we're not doing trivia tonight. I only came up with three topics. So if we want to branch out in other things. Um, but y'all, there's a massive uh, Cold War, I would say, going on in Texas right now. Um, Texit is being brought up quite a bit, which I've been a member of the um, Texas National Committee for a while. Um, and we... Uh, yeah, we're all about Texas seceding from the union. So, um, yeah, with all of this turmoil down at the border, um, there's a lot more talk of Texas becoming its own nation and going head to head with uh, the feds. Um, we can go to the couple other slides or a couple other sites I put up there. Um, Buck Johnson. Um, hung out with him before. He's awesome. The nation is splitting nicely. This is a big year. Um, and he shows a map way more than that now, it's way 20, more 20 than states. Yeah, it's like 25 at least. Okay. So this was earlier today that he put this out and then, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the only, the only state in the South that hasn't come over is North Carolina. Michigan's not coming. Ohio's there. Kentucky's there. I want to say Missouri and Iowa are both there. There we go. Yeah. So these Kansas. are all the states backing Texas, which is a crazy amount of states. And what does that mean? Is it like the governor just said something nice about them or? Yeah. Basically, basically you have our support. Yeah. Basically. Okay. You know, what's funny. You and would you think the blue ass. states. You and you have my ass. <laughs> yeah. And my bow. Um, <laughs> you would think the blue states would be like, yeah, we support it. Let them go. If they have such a problem with like Texas, like politics or culture, it's just one way to look at it that I would have thought maybe, but it's like, they're the ones fighting you're, the hardest. You're thinking, you're thinking logically. All I'm thinking time. rationally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, it's I not don't that they're that the going anywhere. I don't think this map is a map of states that support Texas. I think it's a map of states that support 
Texas in their current lawsuit yes. to keep out. That's what I'm saying. That's what we're saying. They're erecting I was just trying to. Oh, okay. Oh, did I make well, a not even there. their? Yeah, I, not I, even I, their current I think it's lawsuit. A little further but, than that with some of these yeah. guys, it's it's not that they just support the the uh, the legal solution. Like these guys, some of these guys have committed assets in terms of the National Guard, and and that's that's a much bigger step. Um, mm. You know, Joe Biden has actually come out, and we're we're going to see some things tomorrow. Even the the FBI came out, and and so, some of their their officers anyway. Uh, high-ranking officers in the FBI were like, "Hey, look, no, this this is a threat. You guys need to take this seriously." And 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 basically flew in the face of the the administration, which we I don't think that's getting a, a whole lot of coverage. And and the idea that you know Biden is thinking about federalizing national guards like they did with the uh the, the what was it, the civil rights movement back in the '60s, right? Like that's that's a real thing. And so we're 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 treading in some really interesting, you know, water right now. Where because these guys, they they can't lose, right? In twenty twenty four, the Democrats can't lose. They are going for broke, and 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 I don't think people really understand that, you know, to the degree. Like, listen, the the amount of treason, the amount of crime, the amount of just absolute grotesque behavior that's been ramped up by the Democrats in the last four years alone. That has destroyed people's lives, and and even the people in you know the the city limits of Chicago can't stand what's happening at the border because their lives are being changed because they're busting people in. People in New York, their kids' lives are being changed because they're having you know people take over their schools. So this isn't just going to be you know just favoritism at the border from you know just some red states or some whatever we're considering this there's there's going to be pushback even in those blue states where they're not going to commit resources and i think i think these guys you know we were saying earlier is like they have their heads so far up their own ass and they've they've made such a miscalculation here with the border and the american people that are absolutely fed up that have skin in the game. And I mean that by like people who go out and earn a living every day and aren't leeches on society, like the parasites, you know, that, that Javier Millet talks about, like these people are the people that go and they strap on their boots every day. And they, you know, they try to live within the rules. They pay their damn taxes. They send their kids to school. Like people that just want to live their damn lives. They've underestimated this in America to the point where now if they don't do this and they don't win in 2024 and they don't usher in complete fascist state under a Democrat party, then they're screwed. Like this is this is where we're at in America. And I think if if people were you know, were smarter, they'd realize like this is it. Like I'm not saying we're going to have a hot war. I hope we don't have a hot war. I hope they learn their lesson. The, the tide swings. We replace this fiat regime with something better or nothing at all, actually. And and then you know, we, we kind of depart ways and decentralize into much more peaceful people. But yeah, this, this is a, this is a giant deal. Um, and this, I, I, I think if, if, you know, anybody's in the sound of our voice, you need to be prepared. Like this is the point where if you're not sucking up on the essentials, if you don't have everything you need for interruption and supply lines and things like that, think again, because that's always good advice. 2024, the, these guys can't afford to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Have yeah, some I'm, food, have some water, have some gas. Like, why not? Yeah. yeah. What does it hurt? If you can, if you are, you know, within the means enough to have some kind of a stockpile going of, of anything, 
medicine if you need that like it's just never a bad idea and our infrastructure is pretty fragile very it's pretty bad we have three or four different we have grids. three that's the yeah. yeah texas east and west or something it's like it. it's pretty bad <laughs> that's uh i yeah. don't know man i just don't feel comfortable with that I mean, the, the power goes out of my house if a light breeze happens outside. So, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Um, Hannah, Hannah does have one complaint. Um, she says no trivia on liberty libations. We used to be a proper country. <laughs> I was badly Damn. disappointed when I found out. Look, I just Make libations great again. I couldn't <laughs> handle um, a night of Zane winning yet again. So I just I needed a week off from making wow. that Zane. make a I didn't category even win last week. I lost oh. to the audience. Perfect. Now you've <laughs> lost two weeks in a row. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Make um, a category. Did I tie for... last week? Yeah, you tied with the audience. There you go. Yeah, so because you spent five minutes trying to think of the word truffles and then still couldn't. <laughs> hey, I can't help that I beat the system. All right, the diamond of the forest. Um, well, let's talk about Texas for a bit. Like, um, so I, I joined the Texas nationalist movement a while ago. Um, being a native Texan, I'm from Texas. For those who don't know. Um, it would, if Texas seceded, it would be a very, um, first of all, very Texas thing to do. It would really tug at my heartstrings. Um, there I'll always be a Texan. Um, there's something about people from Texas. Um, and, uh, I would heavily consider going back and living in Texas. Um, I don't know. What are y'all's thoughts on like a, the, the possibility of a single state seceding from the U S well, if Texas did secede, it would maybe explain uh, Mike McCarthy's comments last week about how the Dallas Cowboys could be a championship program, but not a world champion yet. <laughs> Thank you for that, Lane. I appreciate you dinging my my Cowboys. Thank you. They they could they could be Texas champions. Oh joy! I'm so excited to beat Houston. Yay! So if there's if there's anything I know less about than finances, it's law. And so I've heard people make the case that it's actually not even possible as much as like is sort of cult culturally, like, I don't know, espoused or whatever the, the whole, like being able to secede thing, like since the civil war, it's not been well, look, as. I mean, so there's, there's no like technically like who gives a crap about legalities of it? Like, Technically speaking, when the when Texas joined the union, there was a clause in there that said we could leave whenever we wanted. Um, and that was back way before the Civil War. Um, right. But, but it was already like it was already in our agreement by joining the United States that we could leave whenever we want. But it irregardless or regardless. R regardless. Or, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Sam. Regardless. Damn it, Jake. Irregardless. <laughs> Get that shit out of here. That's some Texas shit there. Yeah. Um, but here, <laughs> the, the legality of this is in the Constitution itself, right? First of all, the Constitution is bullshit. The Constitution was a coup d'etat by the Federalists who who out you know outperformed, outmaneuvered, outspent the guys that were anonymous, that were the the, the craftsmen, the farmers the anti-federalists like that's who they the anti-federalists said don't do it 
Don't centralize. These are a bunch of fucking aristocrats that are going to screw your lives up. They're going to centralize mm. everything. They're going to bring in a central bank. They're going to try to you know do fear mongering and everything else to make you scared so that you go, let's give all this power to a central authority. So what did we do? We created a central authority, you know, the, the compact, the constitution, whatever the hell we want to call it. The problem is, is that contract has been broken many, many, many times, right? Like that, that it's at this point, it's parchment barrier, like and it has been eviscerated. The fact that that's already happened, the fact that they are not upholding Article Four of the Constitution, which strictly, you know, talks about invasion of the United States, which there's no other way to put it. You know, when you have, you know, six million people come over the border, which is larger than I think 33 states, like six million people you know, in, in, is, is a larger population than 33 states. That's a, that's a fucking invasion. And so Abbott said, Hey, listen, we're invoking article one, section 10. Well, thank God. Finally, some state is finally putting their foot down and saying, Hey, you know what? We're actually going to use this piece of shit, pa piece of paper over here that you've you know wiped your ass with forever and say enough is enough. And, you know, Jake, to your point, I don't think it's just going to be, I think if Texas goes, I think the rest of it, you know, everybody's like, no, we're like, and I say everybody, I think there are a lot of states who are going to be like, I think we're with Texas. We're, we're not doing this kind of stuff because you guys are out of control. You've spent our, you've spent our money. You've taken our treasure. You've spent our blood overseas. We're going to keep that here. We're going to do something great in the states that we control. And maybe if some of the neighboring states are cool, we'll do trade with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I don't, I don't, I think if Texas goes, it's, there's going to be a, at least a small domino effect, if not a large one. Yeah. Um, uh, it's Texas is just too important. I mean, it's a massive economy. Like it's, it, it can, it would do just fine by itself. Um, but it's one of the states that I think that is true. Yeah. That in California would be the two states that I think would do just fine on their own. Yeah. Um, although, I mean, California. Yeah. Yeah. They, they could do just fine on their own. <laughs> yeah, if they knew how to use their resources, which they don't. No, but I, I was going to say leave it to California to, to have all the resources and then screw it up, though. So. Something, something. I don't think they'd be able to act the same way. They wouldn't be able to be as reckless and crazy oh, yeah. and as socialist if they were dealing with mm. reality. You know, if they actually like the federal government weren't printing fake monopoly money for them to use and. I mean, it all comes back to whether they're on honest money or not. You can't run all. I was going to ask, like, if this money. happens, yeah, like, what you know? Do you use like one central currency, or do you have multiple kinds, or I know how would that Texas go? Has been storing, has been like putting. They're the first gold bullion state. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they'll, they'd have a gold backed currency, I'd imagine. They're also mm. the biggest miner of Bitcoin in the country. Um. Mm. And and here's the other thing to think about, right, is, you know, if you look at the map in terms of the split now, like all the states that are, you know, aligned with Texas are the middle of the country. They're the south and, and, and the Midwestern yeah, like and the southwest, yeah. right? And so now you've got a very interesting dilemma for the, the states that are not going to be part of this. Because do you think the states that are part of this are going to be flyover country anymore for those states? hell no no absolutely 100 no you're not flying over our area you're not doing surveillance you're not doing any of those things plus everything that you know texas has in terms of its own grid its own bullion depository it's got neighbors with great rivers that are navigable they have pipelines galore to the areas in the country that can actually 
drill and get oil out of the ground. So you're talking about an economic powerhouse. And we just named, they have their own grid. <laughs> exactly. And so now you start using everything that they're, they have at their fingertips, you know, and, and this turns against these guys in DC that have literally nothing. And then the Northeast that has literally nothing besides some coal, which they can't, they, they don't want to use to power right. the cars that freeze in the winter. And you're like, well, guys, you know, we tried to we tried to do this in the nice way and you wanted to go to the hard way. So here here's the dilemma you're in and you're not going to fly over our territory. So if you want to fly from California to D.C., you're going to go around Texas. And if Mexico's nice enough to let you around Texas to go, then cool. Great. But you're not coming over Texas. You're not coming over Oklahoma, Missouri, Wyoming, North or South Dakota, any of that area or else we'll shoot your ass down like that's that's the scenario that these guys are living in the like peaceful stoner hippie in me like wants us to all be able to like use this as an example of like see this will be this much harder we need to solve our problems the old-fashioned way you know and by old-fashioned way i mean talking not killing each other but <laughs> well here's a, one of the common arguments against um texas seceding is people being like oh, you just want a civil war and it'll be so violent. That really says more about whoever is making that argument than it says about the proponents of Texas. Because if Texas wants to leave, that doesn't require them to start shooting at everybody else. It's right. only if the feds don't let them go that they right. will start shooting at Texas. And no, so the only, the only reason it would be violent is if the feds let them go. And when mm. the, whoever says that is admitting is that the only reason that Texas would want to stay is if they were being threatened with violence, which really, you know, it that flies in the face of self-determination for anybody who cares about logical consistency. You know, I highly doubt that, you know, if you had asked the British in 1776, are the colonies allowed to leave? <laughs> no. Well, yep. we did it anyway. Great point. So it's like technically a Supreme Court has ruled and said that you know states aren't allowed to secede but right. i'm reminded of the family guy meme where the guy's like oh my god who the hell cares <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh man yeah no i i, I think I, I haven't talked to any of my friends about this in in texas in a while but I, I'd be interested to get all my buddies' takes on like what they would want to happen because most of them are born and bred Texans. Like this is where we live. This is what we do. Um, and there, yeah, there's a lot of pride in that state. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. But yeah, Zane, good luck trying to convince somebody of of everything that you just said. Like people people are not that reflective. They're not that self aware. They don't. If you tr if you prove to them that Texas leaving could be nonviolent if it wasn't for people like them, they're not going to accept that. <laughs> well, yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of people out there that want to see it too. Right. Like there, well, and I say that in terms of like, there's a lot of people that don't understand like conflict that want to see like Texas against a lot of, you know, like, okay, these guys have got a lot of know-how. They got a lot of guns and they got a lot of gumption, right? Like, Mm. there are some people that were like oh let's let's see this matchup and no you, you don't want to see that there's no way you want to see that the, the the soy boy and the bug boys are not they're you know they're not going to win this one <laughs> no 
No, they're not. <laughs> What's a bug boy? Oh, you know, get in the pod, eat the bugs, bug boys. Oh, right? eating like, bugs. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah no. no. That's not, where not, I draw the boys line. Made of bugs. No, you, you're not gonna you're not gonna win against the the guys that are you know riding horseback that are literally eating the the food that they're marching around on the the prairies out there. No, eating peyote buttons out there. <laughs> yeah, sounds good too. It was crazy to me when you know Texas had that year where it got real cold and the you know, heat failed and people were freezing. Yeah, and Ed Cruz yeah. tried to go to Mexico or whatever. Right. But it was generally seen as a bad <laughs> was that thing. That was that... Even... I so, thought that was like a COVID on. thing when he went down there or whatever, but no, no, I think it was because yeah. yeah. He yeah. he just goes to Mexico when it gets tough, no matter what it is. Like yeah, Latin okay. American, come some slack. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just crazy to me that people saw that as like it's a bad thing that Texas even has their own grid. Like they need <laughs> right. to be on the national grid. How dare them? Right. And it's like, no, it's a bad thing that it failed. They should fix that. It shouldn't right. happen again. Well, I mean, they, they knew how to fix like they chose to have that system because it never gets that cold in Texas. Because right. The, the windmills. Did, yes. But, the right. windmills that they chose because it was windmills. It, most of it was the fault of windmills were ones that couldn't withstand a certain temperature when they could have opted for the one that could withstand that temperature. Mm -hmm. But they're like, it, it literally never has gotten that cold here in Texas. So we're not going to spend, you know, tens of thousands or millions of extra dollars to get it. So is that when we got all those great images of helicopters, de-icing um, windmills? That could be. So it's like, yeah, so, so you have a lot of fuel burning right now to keep these windmills going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Oh, man. Y'all, those are all the topics I've got for tonight. I kind of wanted this to be a little shorter episode because I, just the mountain of work that I have to do. To do before, and that uh, Shane already came from another show before this one. Yeah, but... It, I'll I'll just make Shane. He doesn't, he doesn't give a shit about that. Yeah, really <laughs> He'll drag it out longer just for. Just now for that you mention it, we actually do have a really long and talk to talk about. Got another forty-five minutes. <laughs> no, we're going to um, talk about nine eleven. <laughs> no, we're saving that for a special episode. Yeah. Um. A long. Yeah. Does anybody else have anything they want to chat about tonight? Anything on their minds? Anything? Any topics that that happened this week that we need to uh, go over? Have you guys heard about your Lord and Savior, Satoshi Nakamoto? No. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to say uh, thanks very much for having me again. And uh, you guys are, you know, I appreciate everything you guys are doing. Looking forward to seeing you guys this weekend. And uh, thanks Heck for the yeah. time here. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, man. Always good to have you. Always good, Shane. Love having you on. Um, Got to get back up there and hang out with you again. Let's do it. Um, well, I do have uh, five. Oh, wait. Hang on. Let's see. The last outlaws says, should the Libertarian Party hold legit primaries? Seems like the bo bosses always pick the wrong nominee. Mm. No, it doesn't matter. If you matter think the anymore. bosses pick the wrong nominee, wait till you find out who the people pick. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good uh, question. I like that question. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's also, I think it's determined by law. We can't do primaries. We have to do convention. Really? And I that think that's better anyway. But I do, I do think it's better, but what I didn't, I had no idea that that was a. Well, basically, in Georgia, it's written into the law that I might get the terms exactly wrong, but it's like major party 
or or political party, they get to do primaries and those are state funded. We're paying for it to happen. But then political body, which is what we are, because we're not quite as big and a lot of stuff is stacked against this legal jargon. (laughs) Yeah. So we have to do conventions, which are honestly more honest. They're paid for privately rather than with tax money. And I feel like you have more of a say in that. If you come and get involved, your voice is way bigger than if you just go cast a vote in a primary. Mm. but we're not even allowed to do primaries if that's something we wanted to do just because we're Is there a way to change the standing of like, if you reach a certain size as a, if you get 20% of of the vote in statewide elections, then you become a political party, but 20, we're, we're, we're open to ideas about how we can go about that. I don't want to pee in your Cheerios, but let let, (laughs) let, on a fiat standard, it's never going to happen. I'm going to tell you that right now. So like, Don't don't waste your time, effort, and energy. Um, vote with your money. There we go. Yep. Vote with your money. Um, and yeah. then the last outlaw still says nationally, at least. And I don't think there's any way for the national party to do it either because the states run the elections. So things are so different state to state. It could be one yeah. way in Oklahoma and another way here and completely different in yep. Montana or whatever. So, yeah, 100%. Um. Well, even though I don't have a bunch of topics lined up for the rest of the evening, I do have five uh, funny videos for us to chuckle at. So here we go. Nice. <laughs> Four seconds left. And I think he won't let up. He won't let, he won't let up now. Four seconds left. And I think need this immediately. They've got to keep him in their favor. Check it out. Trying to declare it is almost our soccer. <laughs> Rocket League. I have a video game of this. I didn't know they did real life of it. Oh my god, he's showing! (laughs) Piece of shit car is going to score! I've literally never seen that before. Is, is that on life. the Ocho? What is that on? I don't know what it's on, man. But it's that's uh, Italy versus Iceland. I'm... Like, it's actually country... Like, Say no country more. Country sport. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm into it. I've played the game before. I didn't know it was like a real event in the world. And um, I'm blown. I'm my mind is blown. I think I need drones on ice. It sounds way better. Last outlaw, <laughs> last outlaw says, "I'll leave it alone." Just thinking about Jorgensen versus Hornberger and these new 2024 candidates. Hornberger was better. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the comment, outlaws. Um, appreciate it. Um, appreciate you tuning in, chiming in. Uh, let's. I see. wonder if there's a lot of uh, nil-nil ties in this, like there is soccer. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I bet it's super hard to score. Here we go. This woman was about to get into play for Bayern, but she had forgotten to put on shorts, so she had to go and change. To this day, she's the first woman to get dressed and get ready in two minutes. <laughs> this woman... <laughs> Nice. <laughs> when I first saw that, I thought it was going somewhere else, but uh thought it was a fun, uh, fun ending. Yeah, I didn't know where that was going. <laughs> I didn't either. A hunter without a nose or a body. Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> you know why they call me Rooster, right? so ridiculous <laughs> oh, oh my God. kid tells that one it's great i i may i may have found all of these when i took too much weed last night. 
they have that flavor of like the guys have oh, to this see this. Great, dude, these are so funny. <laughs> All right, the la final one, last thing you want to see on a on a ski run. Oh. Yeah, for real. Man. Freaking bore loose. Yeah, man. That's lucky now I just want to watch Austin Powers, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I may have been uh, a little out of my mind last night when I was saving those ones, but that's okay. Yeah. It happens. Um, Y'all, tomorrow <laughs> starts the convention. It's going to be a great time. Um, going to have a ton of great people out there. It's going to be fun hanging out with everybody, seeing everybody again, because we don't all get to see each other like we did uh as much in the the 2022 campaigns and stuff so that was that was a great time um but yeah come on down to conyers um go to lpgeorge.com convention um to find out all the details where the location is and everything uh range day with spike tomorrow are there any tickets left at this point um it's sold out Okay, so, but come, come have some barbecue with Spike. Come hang out at the VFW starting at like four or five. You know, check out lpgeorgia.com/slash/convention to see the exact hour and all that. But we're just gonna be hanging out and eating and drinking and talking tomorrow and full day of stuff on Saturday and full day of stuff on Sunday. Heck yeah! All right, y'all. Shane, thanks again for coming on, man. Pleasure, guys. Awesome. Alden, Zane, Zach, I'll see y'all later. See y'all next week, y'all. Peace. Cheers.